Hello and welcome in to episode number 10 of the Warriors of Lust podcast, the gayest, thirstiest show on Aetherius. I am your warrior of lust, the enemy of innocence, sucking way, Callie Page. I am the insatiable Taraku Drake. And I am the Tempters of Fate, Serena Hima. Welcome and we are your Warriors of Lost. And it is, let me just start by saying, it is so good to be back. I was uh, out of town for what feels like a month, but I guess it was about like 20 days. Uh, uh, traveling around the Caribbean, gallivanting about on my honeymoon with my wonderful wife. And uh, after a uh, lovely vacation and, uh, and some time away and seeing some of the world, it is so absolutely fantastic to be back how have you two been in my absence i understand you're both sick and dying (laughs) well i am still sick from the last time we recorded because that's just what it's like for me rocker that was like a month ago (laughs) yup okay (laughs) um (laughs) have you been to a doctor yup okay did they tell you it's hopeless okay i don't like the long pause okay (laughs) oh Oh, my god all right. Well, anyway, we'll be interesting. Jiraku's replacement for season two in the near future, apparently. Oh It'll be Jiraku uh, two. Or electric Boogaloo. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I just got sick this week. And how did that happen? Um, you know, um, my honey got sick. Uh huh. And, and you I, two were were making kissy face. Yeah, because I didn't know he was sick until he was shivering and she's like i think i have a fever and he had a fever uh, just okay. after we had some fun time <laughs> can i just say that that really is like that moment of like it, it's something that is so different when you're married or living with your partner than before you're living with your partner where it's like your partner starts getting sick and you just commit mentally right then we're like well i'm getting sick too apparently yeah that's literally um it happened on sunday and i have been out of work all week so oh my gosh well i, mean, I don't <laughs> I hope Here we are. St- I hope you're starting to feel better. Hopefully, by the time this episode's out, you'll be feeling better. Uh, yeah, so it's 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 good to be back overall. Uh, I mean, obviously, I went from 85 degrees and beautiful to I think it was 24 the day I came back in Michigan. So, oh god! And I didn't have a jacket with me because it was nice the day I left. Like when I drove down to the airport, it was like 55, and it was a you know nice day in Michigan for that time of year, especially. So we didn't take our jackets, and then when we came back. It was like 23. It was awful. That uh, is a rookie mistake when traveling. <laughs> I know. And I, I've lived here all my life. It's not like I, I, I should know. But you know how it be sometimes. Uh, we, reminder, we do have merchandise available now over at, I can't even remember where, streamlabs.com slash Escalia slash merch. That's where it's at. It took me a moment. But as soon as I started saying it, I remembered exactly where it was. We have all kinds of cool uh, Warriors of Lust merch available over at streamlabs.com slash Escalia slash merch. That's E-S-K-A-L-I-A. Make sure you go check it out and uh, score yourself some Warriors of Lust merch. I got to tell you something. I wore my Warriors of Lust, my Enemy of Innocence Cali tank top. (laughs) <laughs> down into the Caribbean uh, as we got, uh, we sailed and we hit Roatan, Honduras. And as we were traveling around in Honduras, I was wearing my, uh, my Escalia or my Kelly uh, tank top complete with her, with her, you know, tongue between her fingers. And I was getting a lot of attention. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can also say I got my uh, Serena tank top in. 
And All right. And how are you liking it? It's so freaking soft. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. I was because I, I was nervous. Like when I we I'd never had merch made before. I'm like, it's gonna feel like garbage, but at least it'll have our picture and our brand on it. And that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. And then I got. I'm like, oh no, it's actually super soft and super comfy, and it fits really well. I'm like, oh hey now, and this is the, great. The tote is huge. Yeah. Is, is it huge? okay? Because it's it's, a, it's so hard to tell in the picture. I had no idea. Like it looks like it's a normal size toe, but it has a lot of space and it's very solid. And yeah. I was like, this is going to be perfect if I just need something quick. Cause it just sits, it sits um on my, I call it my, um, what is it? Bag door <laughs> on your bag door. <laughs> yeah. It has like my purse and everything. It's right before I leave the house. Ah, okay. So and, it is, it is your, uh, your collection of everything you're going to need when you leave the house all in one convenient spot. Yes. Because if I don't do that, I will lose something. Right. Are, are, so you are a like do you let me ask, uh, do you take like makeup with you when you go out? Um, not always. It depends. If I'm actually wearing makeup, then I will take like additional lipstick yeah. and I'll take a beauty blender just to um smudge like to pat myself out if I my face gets funky. <laughs> but um I don't usually wear makeup all the time. Like it's a rare occasion when I wear makeup. Like even to the Renaissance Festival, I didn't wear a lot of makeup because I knew I was gonna sweat and oh. also drink. But you know, yeah, uh, Sarah and I went <laughs> to the uh, the Renaissance Festival uh, down in Florida while we were there. Uh, was super hot. I don't know how y'all do Renaissance Festival when it's like ninety five degrees. But, and drink. Uh, well, <laughs> we did do that. To be fair, uh, yeah, no, it was it was very. You guys have a very awesome Renaissance Festival down there. I gotta say, mm-hmm. it's not as good as ours. Just uh, sorry. To I, say. Well, there's there's many. You went to one that's different than the one I go to. So oh, that's true because you're up in the, you're the one up in like the Tampa area, right? Yeah, it's a little bit farther now because they moved it. Yeah, my yeah, mine was down in Deerfield. Good old oh yeah, that good old Deerfield. <laughs> the only thing that was awful about it, and this is this is true, is it's in a state park. Uh, yeah. And if to get into the state park, you have to you know pay an admission fee which is normal that's not what's the problem what is the problem is that if you're in an uber they won't take you past that admission gate they'll drop you off outside the park so we had to walk (gasps) into the park and all the way to the uh, renaissance festival which was a mile walk in 95 and humid weather and by the time we got there we were like oh my god i'm dying i'm I'm like if i had worn my armor or something like that i would have just died on the way yeah, no, I've never, I've never been to that one, so I have no idea. But that sucks, major ass. I'm it so was, sorry. It was awful. All right, enough shooting the shit. Let's get in and do the thirst down every week on the episode on uh, on the Warriors Plus podcast. We like to talk about some of the beautiful, wonderful denizens of Eorzea and now Aetherus as a whole, uh, and uh, thirst over them properly because they are absolutely worthy of it and i gotta say on this week's thirst down i feel like we have some characters where i'm like i can't i had to go back through all of our prior episodes and check to see if they were already on the thirst down like how have we not done these characters already uh and then there was jirakus who i definitely knew we didn't need to go check oh yeah that's correct (laughs) jiraku you want to lead us off this week yes i do with the absolute perfect pick who is so good that when I mentioned her name to the both of you, you had to look her up and then realize that you were fools for doubting me. Yeah, uh, this is true. We had to actually, like, I had no idea who this person was. Like, not like, usually, like, the name, it's like, 
Okay, I've heard that name somewhere. I do know that one. I just don't know where from. Uh, this was one where I'm like, you're making that up. You just had a typo or something. <laughs> I um, I never know who you're going to pick, so I always have to look them up because sometimes I'm like, who? Other than Amon. That's the only one I knew. <laughs> All right, so tell us about your character. So my entry for the Thirst Down this week is Hanansa, who... I'm going to pronounce their name, her name that way, because to my knowledge, there is no voice acting of this character. I don't uh, think so. She is the guild master of the Armorer's Guild in Limsa Lamensa. That, see, that bugs me that I didn't know who that was, because like Limsa Lamensa is like canonically my home city. I spend the most time there out of anywhere. And it's like, how do I not know? Uh, and then I was like, oh, right. The Armorer's Guild, where no one ever goes. I go there. When you're leveling because, armory. Because she's hot. Oh. So, Hanansa is... Fi- Hananza. Hananza. Look, Makode names are just... Uh, you just you just get as close as you can and you just let it go. Yeah, that's the thing. I, we, I need to ask. I, I gotta know. Do you pronounce the first letter or don't you? Because you some... You, you pronounce it, but you pronounce it in a really fucking weird way. Well, because sometimes when you say... When you hear, like, Nago... They, they they sometimes pronounce the M and sometimes they don't pronounce the M. Oh, that's a formality thing. Oh, it's so it's, a, it's if you, you drop, know them you really drop well, the you letter. drop the letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you drop the letter if you're close with them. You know what? I'm glad then that uh that, that it worked out that her name was just Callie because I would not be happy if everyone started calling her Ali. It's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, that worked out then. Okay, so if you know them well, you drop the first letter. If It's like saying Mr. or Mrs. Yes. Yeah, uh, in okay. a sense. Yeah, okay. If you're if you're being polite, you say the name. Got it. Got it. Uh so she is fantastic. She's hot. She, and anyone, a lesbian. Anyone <laughs> any She's real gay. And I mean I mean I don't know that she dates a woman or mentions that she's gay at any point, but that hair and those goggles say she prefers tuna fish. Listen, any, her pose and everything like that too, so Anyone who appreciates goggles has good taste. All right. Goggles, <laughs> that, that, I'm not shit talking on goggles and I'm not going to hear shit talk on goggles. No, you listen, you're right. My, my crafting glam and gathering glam both use goggles because goggles are hot. Damn right. Also, she's a slave driver in the best way. And I really, really appreciate the horrible relationship she has with the blacksmith guild guy which yeah. i don't remember his name because who gives a shit about him he's a drunk <laughs> loser i'm starting he's to remember now loser. yeah i'm starting to remember now because i did I, I did level all my crafters up i remember doing her quest line she is very rude all the time but i loved her because i love her he threatened good. Me a hammer and i was pretty <laughs> happy about that my favorite thing about her was uh for those of you who don't know uh when a Realm Reborn had wrapped up and Heavensward was not out yet. And the story is on that point of, well, the Scions got framed for killing Nanamo. Uh, at that point, if you went around Eorzea and talked to various different NPCs, they would uh-huh. have unique dialogue for that point. Yep. And I remember that hers was amazing because it was basically her going, oh yeah, no, don't worry. I'm not going to tell anyone I saw you. Fuck those guys, honestly. Can't believe they want me to believe that you're a problem. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nanza's got your back. I love her. She was great. She was uh, rad as fuck. 
All right, Nanza and her definitely gay haircut are uh, added to the thirst down. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, this is one I, I I had to go back and double check that we hadn't already put them on the thirst down. And it is not often that I pick guys to go on the thirst down. I like I think the only other guy I've picked is Astinian. Mm-hmm. But I I, I gotta. I just finished playing through. I took Jiraku's advice and I started doing another playthrough of Endwalker on an alt. Uh, so uh, Ms. Escalia has now finished uh, uh, Endwalker, which, you know, I got to go through and talk to all my favorite NPCs again and got to do the amazing cutscene. And Jiraku, I did take your advice and I leveled up Reaper and, and got the Reaper mirror match against uh, against the final fight. Fuck yeah, you did. <laughs> I, I want to do that. I oh did, and it was badass. It makes you feel so good when you dunk on him with his own that job. Fucking cool. It looks <laughs> awesome. And then you just wreck his shit with his own job and he's like, oh, yeah. Uh, but no, I I need to I I gotta put Grahatia on this list because he is a giant dork, and I love him. Now he, I wish I could make fun of you for this. Yeah, I'll bet you do. The only thing I can say against your pick this time is how has no one picked Grahatia already? Obviously, <laughs> I wasn't going to. But how? This is episode ten. I know. How have we done ten episodes and no one? grabbed grahatia already I, I know i feel like this is like in the nfl draft like that sleeper pick who makes it into the second <laughs> round somehow and you're like how did no one pick this person <laughs> uh yeah i had to, i literally had to go back through all of our outlines to check and see and i'm like no no one's picked grahatia uh yeah uh he's a giant dork i absolutely love him he loves our character he loves the warrior of light so much and he just can't admit it and well i mean he kind of does admit it but he needs to just shoot his shot and go for it uh <laughs> i think back to in Endwalker, uh when you in charlene when you get the the cutscene where you can pick who you want to talk to that evening he's the only one who stands outside your room like nervously wringing his hands like oh my god oh my god i'm in the warrior of lights room oh my god he's so nervous and he's so cute and i just want to give him a hug and then pull his pants down in front of everybody <laughs> he was actually um in that scene he's the one i picked first like i didn't realize i was like i haven't talked to him in a long time and i was like oh he's adorable <laughs> though i love him so fucking much i can't believe i've never put him on here i know yeah no grazia <laughs> uh it like talk about a throwaway ass character that they brought back and made one of like the shining gems of this game mm -hmm. like do you like oh Raina, you weren't around at that time uh when when crystal tower came out and all we had of grazia was the like the crystal tower raids it was like you dork ass cat go away uh, and now he's like, I, I genuinely think he might be the only male Makote in this game worth putting on this list. Well, how dare you? <laughs> there is one other one. And just for that, he's on the list for next episode. I'm okay. going, to, going to make a note. Next week, the good, the other good male Makote is my pick. Fuck you. How dare you? Okay. I, put a, I put a male Makote on the list already. Did you? Runtia. Oh, the oh, mage. Yeah. oh yeah. yeah, that's the You're only right. other good one. Fuck. Okay, yeah, never mind. <laughs> that's both of them. All right, that's all. 
Uh, That's also, all you get. There's also the Tia who wants to be the M Tribe Nun, and he sucks, and he just keeps getting blown up. He's great yeah. too. I, I love that. I, I recently saw that quest, and oh, I thought you? of you. <laughs> I, yeah, I was doing something, and I saw the quest, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Because I clicked on it, and I was like, oh, "This is this is the kitty boy they were talking about." Yeah, that just gets blown the fuck out of him. I have to go back and do it. Oh, I was he, like, <laughs> he's the best. He's so great. He's like, he's he's the worst and the best at the same time. Mm-hmm. I want, I wanted. I don't want to give him a hug like I want to give Graha a hug. Just like the entire time I was playing through Endwalker, I feel like like there's so many cutscenes where if you go back and watch, like something will be happening and Graha is just like in the background of the scene, like doing <laughs> something innocuous. And I'm like, could someone give Graha some stage directions, please? Could, so- <laughs> could someone tell my boyfriend that he's just like. Just go wait in the trailer, hon. I'll come back and give you a big kiss in a minute. Well, I can say that I actually did the Crystal Tower before I got to any Shadowbringer content. Oh, nice. Um, because my friends made me. They were like, oh. you have to do this Good before you do anything. Because they're the ones, the reason why I was playing. So as soon as I could get it unlocked, they were like, here we fucking go. And I was <laughs> like, I, and I was like, look at this boy. Look at him. And then I was like, what are you relevant to? And then, you know, I continued on and I got to Shadowbringers and I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when the Exarch first showed up, were you immediately like, that's gratia. I was like, look at that fucking tail. Look at that <laughs> fucking tail. I know who this bitch is. And so when you have the option in Shadowbringers to be like, not really like you get to say his name and he's yeah. like oh, i'm like really bitch you didn't think i knew <laughs> well, twice, you can call, twice you can ask about him because when you first meet him and he shows you the crystal tower you can ask uh did you see a grahatia in here mm-hmm. and he's like i have no idea who that is yeah I, was, I remember sitting there like right sure <laughs> you don't and then later on yeah like the hood knocks back and it's like oh uh, so this mm-hmm. is the thing i love he doesn't the line is not i have no idea who that is it's actually a genius line because it's not a lie. Oh. It's, it's no one else was in the tower when I arrived. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's, he's, he's the best. Like he literally, we're talking about like, I saw a great meme about where it was like, he freaking had like thousands of years to practice his evil villain monologue for when he tries to fake being evil. And as soon as he gets to it, he just stumbles and bumbles over it the whole way. And he still can't get it right. Exactly. I the, I have it stuck in my head the idea of him just like every night in the mirror like practicing that speech, and then as soon as we're there, he just immediately flubs it. <laughs> I could see that he would. He'd be like wringing his fingers and be like, uh, 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 "Shit, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna uh, no, I I betrayed you, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. take all the 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 light and go to the to the void." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even Ariane just sitting like. Ugh. Damn it. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, we're adding uh, Rahatia long overdue to be added to the list, yeah. but he joins the thirst down. Serena, over to you. All right. I'm ready to get bullied, not just by <laughs> right. you guys, um, but right. also by our listeners, because we know I have weird taste. That um, is true. <laughs> and I can't believe he wasn't like the first character I put on here because I've been bullied about him so much. But with the recent news that i believe i thought was already true i'm yeah. putting xenos on here okay yes i listen hold on listen i know he's a dumbass yeah he's a fucking dumbass you guys don't he's not a he's not the best villain yeah not even the greatest you know he's not even a good one but <laughs> listen yeah i think i love him i, I, <laughs> I, think, I think he's perfectly mediocre argument. 
I think there's a good argument to be made that he serves a fantastic role in both Stormblood and in uh, fucking Endwalker. Mm-hmm. And that he, it is really hard to see what a good narrative role he fulfills in both of those because he's such an unlikable jackass. That's I know, but I think the biggest thing is he's there as a um, test to the Warrior of Light. So mm-hmm. they can help themselves get stronger. That's really all he's there for. He's just a punching bag. Um. I'll, I'll say <laughs> this. I, I think uh, his, his only role in Stormblood is to make Shadowbringers seem good by comparison. However, <laughs> uh, in Endwalker, I actually did end up liking him. Even though, for the, for, I, I will be honest with you, for the bulk of that expansion, I sat there like, go away. Go away. <laughs> Go away. I hate you. I hate you. I don't want to interact with you. Leave me alone. And it got to the end, and I... God damn, the ending was really satisfying and cool. <laughs> I it, think... I, I love it, that you can tell him to go fuck himself. Yeah. Or, or you can tell him, yeah, I want the fight. Yep, I chose I want the fight, but that's oh. just who I am. Also, his narrative purpose in Stormblood is actually really good. His entire point is that Stormblood is about the ideological clash between the Empire and the people that it's liberating, mm-hmm, big air mm-hmm. quotes. And he is the physical, literal embodiment of everything that the Empire actually is. Where yeah. it's where it's like, well, what what's being passed down to the next generation? Well, this is what the next generation of fucking Garleans is. This is right. what it looks like. This is what the progeny of the Emperor is. Mm-hmm. This spoiled, selfish fucking nihilistic piece of shit right doesn't feel alive ever and just kills because he has nothing else to do and no point to his existence otherwise and it's like this is the physical embodiment of garlemal right Mm -hmm. and he is that role and then in symbolically killing himself like killing himself the symbolism behind that at the end of stormblood is perfection it's really good and then they do other things with him and that was the mistake yeah yeah i i get it like he is uh your description of him as being symbolic of everything the empire is, is actually interesting because yes uh so much of what the empire does is just bad things hidden behind politics and he is all of the political intrigue and all of the all of the the words stripped away. He is just the bare actions of Garlemald laid bare before all. That's what his character is. Yeah, because he's not a talk. He's a do. That's exactly. what he is. Although and he does talk an awful lot. I know. He's a, he's a walking <laughs> genocide. Yeah. Um. I would like to say, though, one of my favorite scenes with him, uh, one of my favorite pictures I've taken of um, Zarina is when your body snatched. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know why but i love the scene where you're on the the, the seat oh just yeah looks up and smirks i was i like i was like picture picture right yeah. now oh I've, <laughs> I've got it for my character absolutely it's one of my favorite ones even though it's not serena it's xenos i'm still like this is this is core <laughs> one of my um, favorite moments with him is at the very end when you're in at the the layer of the end singer and you get you can finally move your character around again I just have a picture of waiting to go do the final uh, single player duty against him, uh, mm-hmm. walking up to him, standing in this, and he looks down at my character, and I look up at him, and the sun's like coming up in the background. Uh, it's a really nice shot, and 
it works so well for uh, my Mikote because she's like half his height. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's like looking up and he's looking down at her. And I'm like, actually, this really looks nice, actually. I've t- uh, I took a lot of pictures in there as well because I was like, Xeno. <laughs> now. Here's the reason I think I have started to get a little bit more friendly towards Xenos is because I got mm-hmm. my confirmation that he's gone. I uh, know. We're done with him. And like I was sitting there like, because people were saying like, oh, you know, he could still come back technically. And it's like, yeah, but literally the final sequence of him monologuing and talking to the Warrior of Light about what his experiences of life were and asking us about ours and, you know, did we feel the same things as him? Like trying in, in his own way trying to actually establish some like-mindedness with someone else trying to compare his life to someone else which is something he's never really sought to do ever and then as he talks about it and kind of accepts what his life was the end his chest slows to a stop and i mean i read that scene as he died and that was it so i'm glad they confirmed that yeah i never once thought that he was gonna come back i was like yeah but with that you left him there he had like you said had his monologue and everything i was like i don't think he's ever coming back again like that's that's the end of him it would it would ruin things for him to come back now because that was actually for all the people who hated him and for all mm-hmm. the and, and very reasonably so throughout the end of Stormblood and throughout end walker they i thought they delivered a very solid narrative ending to his character especially because and i think i've said this on an episode before your final fight with him is not an eight-person trial for the fate of the universe. It's you and him one-on-one because why the fuck not? And you're just fighting for your life, so... Yeah, or you're fighting because you want to. Or you're fighting because fuck that guy. It's your choice as the character, as the player, to decide why your warrior of light accepts the fight. You do have to accept the fight, but you get to pick why. Yeah, and it's kind of like, just fucking give it, just whatever. Just mm-hmm. let's fucking go. You've wanted this entire time. I just beat this bitch. Let's just fucking go. Get off my back. All right. Well, we will add Xenos <laughs> Viator Galvis to the Thirstown in what will go down as the final chapter of his existence. Welcome yeah. to the Thirstown, Xenos. I loved you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our discussion for today's episode. We have a very important discussion that we need to have uh, today. I would say that this uh, discussion might be the most important one since consent which was our episode one discussion it is on another incredibly important thing to all manners of relationships and especially in final fantasy 14 in the rp in the erp communities and just in general communication we talk about it a lot here we've you if you've been listening to this season you've heard us talk about communication almost constantly because It really does, it is the heart of every healthy relationship in your life. They, they, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of romantic pinings and, and, and poetic pieces about the relationship that's so pure and you're on, you're on the same level as your partner that you don't need to, you don't need to talk to each other. You can just instinctively know. And while I'm not going to dismiss out of hand that such a thing can't exist, I'm going to say for 99.9999999999999999% it doesn't. It's mm-hmm. that's not what a relationship is. Healthy, positive, strong relationships are built around communication. And so to that end, I thought we'd take a little bit of time on this episode to talk about 
communication in Final Fantasy XIV, and in specific in the role play, erotic role play, and uh, in, just kind of in general in the game. And uh, yeah, I think we'll start with with role play, uh, and we'll just go through some of our advice. And of course, Jiraku and Serena, I want to get your opinions. Uh, yeah. as well but i'm just going to drop this first one out here and we'll kind of let it go from there uh my first big piece of advice i want to have is, is is as you're talking with your role play partner always set your expectations for the scene what are both players trying to accomplish in the scene and it can be as simple as just saying hey what are we exploring today and that you know before you start role playing and that can go such a long way into there are uh, Draku, Serena. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Have you ever been role playing and you're dropping a paragraph and the other person's dropping a six word sentence in response? Oh God, yes. I've been on both sides of that actually. So have yes. I. I think everyone has at one time or another. Would you say that ninety nine percent of the time that problem would be solved uh, with a healthy dose of communication before the role play started? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um. I like I, I'm kind of weird about that specific example because yeah. for me I just kind of respond with whatever feels like the appropriate length for something to respond to. Of course, like sometimes you have a character that answers something very succinctly and bluntly and is to the point. Right. And sometimes you have a character who is a melodramatic motherfucking asshole who wouldn't be able to order a slice of pizza with less than a fucking six sentence explanation of everything that matters to them right did you just describe yourself yes i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> uh it's true though right like obviously there are times when that makes sense but i think what i what more what i'm referring to is those moments of like the other person is clearly not that into it they're clearly just oh. doing whatever they can do to get a response out and let's keep moving uh can we get through this scene and a lot of times it does come down to, yeah, I'm actually busy with doing something right now, or uh, I'm just feeling really creatively burned out at the moment. Or a lot of the times it's also, I don't really understand what I'm supposed to be trying to do in this scene other than play the B person to your character in the scene. And having a healthy conversation just about what the role play is supposed to be and what it's supposed to do can really, really alleviate that. Well. It can help, like, ignite the thoughts of what you're going to do. Like, oh, this is what we want to do today. So we have a few options. And it leaves it so you have more um, freedom, creative freedom, with what you guys want to do then. You don't just be like, hey, hi, how are you? Mm -hmm. um, it gives you, I guess, options, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, there's a lot of people who have the, the, the thought of, you know, I don't want to like map everything out beforehand because I want to experience it in the moment and let the let, let the moment dictate where it's going to go, which is totally reasonable. Of course you do. And there's no reason you can't deviate from what you kind of plan out at the beginning. But if you give something of a roadmap and it, it can be as simple as, uh, hey, I want to explore what it's going to look like when Callie eventually, when her soul returns to the ethereal sea and she reincarnates on Aetherus eventually. Eventually, her, you know, her portion of Asm will reincarnate on Aetherus again, and I want to explore what that character is going to look like and what, what their journey is going to look like. Yeah, exactly. Just, just kind of, like, getting that out there 
it gets the creative juices flowing for both people because now we're thinking, all right, well, we're talking, you know, a decent ways into the future now. What is the what is the world looks like? What's changed since then? What characters are still around, if any? Um, mm-hmm. just open communication before a scene can do a lot. Too many people are just like, all right, let's just grip it and rip it and hope for the best. And that doesn't work for everyone. No. Like some people can, I could like some people could probably do like a grip it, rip it, let's go. But there's people you some people they need that outline of like okay, what what's our right. end goal? Right. What what are we trying to get to? What's the story we're trying to tell right yeah. now? Because some people don't just RP, just be like, oh yeah. Some people want it so they can continue to build their character story. Yeah. Or help develop themselves more. And on the other side of that. If what you're looking for is, hey, my character's just out at the bar tonight and she's just hanging out and wants to maybe have some chit chat with someone, you can just say that's another important thing to get across mm-hmm. and say, hey, I'm not looking for an like an incredible like my my character's life is not changing tonight. Th- th- nothing is going to happen tonight that is going to dramatically impact her six months from now. I'm just looking to have some casual role play. Yeah, that's, exactly. And it's important that you say that as well. The other thing I wanted to mention on this is set your boundaries early on of whether or not it's okay to include another person in the scene or in the story that you're telling with your partner because I have seen it happen too many times where someone else inserts themselves into an ongoing narrative between two other players and they weren't necessarily welcome. Not that they were unwelcome, but just to say like, hey, we were telling a story between our two characters here and I don't necessarily want to now go back and like revert in my mind the story that I'm trying to tell to include a third person in the arc. Yeah, that's something that needs to be discussed first and foremost. Like, hey, what if we do this and then we have someone that A or C or A or B knows and it was worked into it previously. Not just be like, I remember be like, hey guys, what's going on? You're just like, who are you? Like, you could yeah. be in a story where you've never met them before, and you you literally would just be like, "I don't know who you are." Like, I know who you are, but I have no idea who you are. Right? Exactly. It, like, hey, we're having a, time. We're having a private conversation. I'm going to go somewhere else now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It, it. I mean, it's the same thing you run into in like in like D and D games. Obviously, in D and D, the idea is everyone is going to party together eventually. So, as the players, you all have to figure out why your characters are cool knowing each other. But, yeah. Um, yeah, on that note, we need to look into doing a tabletop game for the Warriors of Lust. I would love to. <laughs> that would be so much fun and so naughty. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Hmm, you know what? I'm gonna look into this. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try and set something up. I like this idea. Uh, all right. Let's talk a little bit about ERP because if you think communication is important in role play, you ain't seen nothing until you get to ERP. Um. I, I just want to throw this one out there and then y'all can take it because uh, <laughs> this is one that has uh, ruined uh, guilds for me or free companies for me in the past. It has ruined link shells. It has ruined friendships, weirdly mm-hmm. enough, because sometimes RP be too serious. Uh, yeah. Talk about whether erotic scenes are canon to your character or not, because an impregnation kink can be real fun to play with, but can have really intense consequences for a character's story. And if you are going to expect a person to hold true to what happened in a erotic scene, they better be aware that that's going to be the expectation going into that scene. Because, uh, yeah, listen, Callie's done all kinds of things in erotic scenes that I definitely do not consider canon. 
sometimes characters are an ongoing narrative yes you want to see everything that happens in this ongoing narrative you want to see the end of the math equation of what happens when you add all these factors together and what comes out the other side and sometimes you're like i want my character to get me the fuck off tonight exactly right like listen Kelly did canonically work in a brothel, so I'm not saying she wasn't a whore at one point. She was. But if everything that I did was canon, she'd have, like, 40 kids. Yeah, and she only has... She has only... double. Do you have double digits? Double digits? Yeah, no, she only has um four. Four. Okay, a four or four. Sorry. I, like, I no, we talked about this. I appreciate the pause. <laughs> I had, I, where I had I, to think about it for a moment. I had to, like, count them off in my head. Well, isn't Callie pregnant? Uh, she is pregnant, actually. She yeah. will have five shortly. Okay, that's why I'm like, Callie's pregnant, and if I remember correctly, last time we spoke about her, she got pregnant. Yeah, she do she do be knocked up, so she will have five shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, uh, no, she. Uh, but the point is, like, uh, yeah, if I considered every ERP scene, ERP scene I've ever done to be canon, that number would be like well into the double digits. Yeah. So, yeah. Serena, your thoughts on that? Um, listen, I usually try to set bounds like with ERP very similar. I try to make sure we set the boundaries. Um, so it's not like, yeah, this is happening. Cause sometimes, cause I, you know, as we know, I'm more of a, um, what is it called? A pickup RP player, right? RP And so a lot of my stuff is not, not fully can like some stuff. It gives me ideas. I was like, oh shit, this is perfect. But like I could go with this, but other stuff I'm just like I'm just here for fun. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm not like, and most of, most of the people I have spoken with, we've kind of been on that same line, so we've been on the same line, and I'm like, this is this is great, okay. And I've never so- spoken to them again, so that's right. that's the, what you have to have. Like, yeah, we had this, but we don't always. You don't have to go back to them. It could just be like, hey, I just want to write and have fun, and thank you. Yeah, uh, I think that's an interesting point, too, because, yeah, there are absolutely times where it's like, okay, here's my character and her current canon, and here's what she's kind of got going on. And -hmm. you do some fun role play, and you experiment around with a couple of things, but then you're like, all right, cool, I'm going to pick and choose what of that I like and maybe add some of it to the canon, or maybe I'm not going to take any of it, and we're just going to reset back to where we were and keep going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, But... uh we spoke about this when we spoke about ERP and like communication is the most important thing with it because you don't want to go balls to the wall. And the person you're with is like, what, (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean? You're just like, Oh, you need to have that. So you are on the same page with what you want to explore. Like we've talked, like we said, it helps you explore different types of kinks as well that you might be into. Yep. It absolutely does. All we we mentioned before, safe words, always important, need to be mm-hmm. okay for both the sub and the dom to use, especially in erotic scenes. Uh, and uh, again, I, I know I've said it once before, but I'll say it every chance I get to please establish with your partner, whether or not this is just role play for fun or whether it is something more serious. And if that starts changing for you, that's another conversation you need to have and communicate. Mm-hmm. Super important. Okay, uh, moving on to just some more in general tips about uh, communication. Uh, 
make sure that you can have an honest discussion without risking angering one another because I've seen that happen and I've been in relationships where that happened where you the you you're with someone who can take things the wrong way and especially in uh, a written medium and not a you know verbal medium where there aren't as many context clues to go off of uh some people can be quick to anger, and that can lead to just being like, you know what, I don't want to even deal with that, so I'm just going to keep quiet and try and push through and not worry about it. Uh, those relationships get really toxic really, really fast. So if you can't, if you're with someone and you can't have an open, honest discussion about what you're feeling and what you're going through, you need to not be around that person because that's just going to breed toxicity. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to say about that, and I can't think of what it was. I can say that I have advice for the listener. Oh, please. If you are in an interpersonal relationship of any kind, roleplay related or otherwise, with someone, and you feel that you cannot communicate, you, you have some kind of problem with it, like there's something that makes you uncomfortable, or even, it like, Maybe it's, well, I'm just not going to be able to do this thing tonight, but I don't want to explain why for, like, whatever reason, right? Um, You really should be evaluating what it says about the situation if you feel like you can't be honest. Yeah. And that, like, in my experience, it's going to be saying something either about the person that you are in this relationship of some kind with or about yourself. Mm-hmm. And either way, it's worth figuring out what's going on there. Because if it's this person, then like if you catch it early, you might be able to fix this. Like it's not yeah. something. There's a misconception that I think it's tied to the word toxic a lot, where um a toxic relationship, a toxic interaction, a toxic person. Um where I feel like people tend to think of this in a perspective of it's a binary, of it's either this person having them in your life is a good thing, or they are a caustic, horrible monster thing. Right. But I think like really what it is, is that what makes these things toxic to the point that you need to let it go and like just ditch is that these little problems start to crop up and are not, a pr- and are not addressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got to get that shit early. You got to communicate that early because a lot of the times even like like I think it's fair to say that if you had made role play plans with someone that you knew. And you were unable to make those plans because you were sick in the hospital, right? It's completely unreasonable of them to be like blaming you or getting mad at you over that. That's a completely unreasonable thing, right? Yeah, that's. Absurd. Ab- absurd. Yes. So my point is, um, it is possible, and this is probably more relevant to people who are a little bit younger or a little bit newer to this, less socially skilled, whatever. Um, if you have a less serious situation, it's not I'm dying in the hospital. It's like my car had a flat. I wasn't able to get home. Or right. it's like, you know, it's I just don't want to do it tonight or whatever. It's something like that, right? If someone gets upset about that and is like getting kind of aggro about that, like a little bit, it could be that it's not that they're a terrible fucking piece of shit that's that's an irredeemable monster. It could be that they don't realize what they're doing and they don't 
realize that they're being unreasonable about that. Mm -hmm. And rather than enter into this long-term interpersonal relationship with someone where you're just like, where you just sit there and you go, yeah, well, they're just like that. If, you know, if I can't make it, then they flip the fuck out. Maybe just be like, hey, it's not really great that I couldn't make an RP one night and you flipped your shit. Right. Maybe, maybe we need to establish that that's not okay to do with people. That was yeah. a boundary. Exactly. You are allowed um, to have boundaries. And real yes. life things happen all the time that you have no control over and it's not fair to you um, and for that person to act that way. And that only yeah. multiplies as you, you know, you start talking about people who are, are married and, you know, I get to the spot where it's like, hey, sure, we might have plans to role play tonight, but if my wife has a horrible day at work and needs, you know, to snuggle on the couch, well, guess what I'm not doing? Like, exactly. Uh, you know, no, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm going to go see my wife instead. Or like, they get sick or something like that. You can't. Right. What, what I can't do anything about that. Like, I, that that's what I'm going to go handle. You need. Like you say, Jiraku, this is something where if you talk about it early and get it like set that boundary early, you can stop something from becoming toxic later because we as human beings all just kind of get used to the way things are. And that counts for people who are on the toxic side of it, too, where I know like, oh, if I get a positive result out of, you know, being angry, sometimes people will tend to just default to that. And that's how those toxic things kind of start up. Well, not all of them, but some. But is, that is a vector through which that can happen. Yeah, correct. And I, I just want to, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say in a more concise way to the audience is I am pro confrontation, <laughs> uh, but in a loving way. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hit the problem now. If you are in a friendship or an RP partnership, or a romantic relationship, or anything like that, and you're listening to this, and you've been sitting there for a while with like, well, it makes me uncomfortable that blah, blah, blah. Or I kind of want to talk about blah, blah, blah. But I don't, I don't know. Should I bring it up? Do it. Do it right now. Yes. It's, don't it's, suffer in silence, ever. It's, don't do it's, it. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's better to get it out then let it fester because that just yes. makes it worse that it makes makes the people it makes both parties angry in a sense and then instead of it being a docile com conversation communicating between oh i'm so sorry like how can we fix this it becomes a, a yell magic hood mm -hmm. angry everyone's angry everyone's hostile and then you say things you don't mean to say and that 100% is 100 true that is something you want to avoid because then you said it, you can't take it back. You can apologize for it, but that person's always gonna have that memory of what you said to them mm -hmm. and be like, well, is this really how they think? Like, and then that continues and it just makes everything worse. And it's just a snowball effect yeah, you of don't what get can to, happen. You can't unsay things. Mm -hmm. And you, you can apologize for them and they may forgive you for the things that you say at some point, but you can't unsay things. They will always remember that it was said. Uh, mm -hmm. Which is why it's a lot better to say things when you're cool headed and know that the things that you're saying are what you actually want to say. Yeah. And, if, and that I, is best achieved by talking about it now, right now. <laughs> my I think my biggest advice is 
if it is something that happens and it makes you upset and you know you are upset and you know if you try to say it, you won't be nice. It won't come out in a good way how you want to present it. Talk to the person. Tell them, let us take a step really fast. Take a breather and let's come back to the issue. Yeah. Once we both have a clear head so we don't get mad at each other. My partner and I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. We he, He'll go on a walk if it, it hasn't gone to that point in a long, long time. But if he gets really angry, he goes on a walk and I sit there and we think about what happened, why it happened. And then we come back and we talk about it and we're both very calm and we understand each other's sides. When you talk in an angry fashion, it doesn't get anything done and it makes it worse. So uh, this is uh, not turned into relationship <laughs> advice from the Warriors of Lust. But yes, uh, it is, no, no, it's absolutely true. It's, it is a very important thing. And I mean, there are a lot of younger people. Final Fantasy 14 players, and I assume listeners here, not hopefully not under the age of 18 if you're listening to this show. Uh, however, uh, you're going to be you know, getting into relationships, and listen, we're all, uh, I can't say we're all in our 30s, I think only I am, actually. Uh, we, we've all been through yeah, it, we'll put it that it's way. Only, it's only... <laughs> okay, never mind. Two our 30s. That's mid tw- mid 20s and above mid 20s right. and above we've been we're through all some of it. adults here we're all adults here we've been through some of it let us let us have made the mistakes for you don't 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 make them yourself you could the most you... beautiful thing about human society is that if someone makes a mistake other people can avoid making that same mistake mm-hmm is very true all right, last thing we want to hit on today uh, is to... Oh, that's right. We're opening up the mailbag today. Uh, mail we re- time. Yeah. <laughs> I mail time, mail time, mail time. Oh, my mail fucking never God. Makes me want to wag my tail when it comes. I always wail. Mail. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for that, Serena. You know, they talk gorgeous. about emailing now. Anyways, continue. <laughs> Uh, so Darling reached out uh, earlier in the week, or I think last week she might have reached out actually, uh, and asked you all to uh, send in your questions for the Warriors of Lust. You could ask us about etiquette questions in the uh, roleplay community, or ask us about ourselves and uh, any anything you want to know. Really, it's uh, it's all uh, fair game. And we had five questions uh, submitted to us. Uh, for us to answer so i think we'll just go through them one at a time and we can if you feel like you have a good answer for it go ahead and if someone's already given one feel free to add on your your uh, spiel (laughs) as well here's the first one to the warriors of lust do you consider yourselves duelists or rose brides if you're a rose bride what sort of sword can your duelists expect to draw from you sincerely purple rose uh for those of you who have not seen revolutionary girl utna Ah, uh, um, that's oh. what it's referencing. Oh, thank God. I was like, what the fuck is this? So yes. This is a Revolutionary Girl Utna reference uh, where our protagonist, uh, Utna, is able to uh, draw a sword from the Rose Bride, Anthe, to duel for her. Um, uh, I have a question. Is this yes. like Soul Eater? Mm, no. <laughs> because this is, listen, like, this is like Gay Sailor Moon. But look, okay, but here's the thing. They... they you have person's a weapon and they use it i mean yes it it, it is sort of like that yes okay my my very vague understanding of revolutionary girl lieutenant is that the nature of it is it's this kind of 
knight and princess relationship and the strength oh. of that relationship is what you get the weapon from yes okay <laughs> and there's di there's uh differing degrees of healthiness that are associated with it throughout the series also they turn into cars at one point but we don't talk about that part <laughs> okay um, okay here's, here's what you fuck need to every other answer fuck every other answer uh <laughs> I I want someone to pull a car out of me. That, yeah. That's well, that's my answer. They do uh, eventually one of them does turn into a car. That definitely does happen. Uh in that's the movie me. actually I think. Here's all I'm you need to know about Revolutionary Girl Utna. The creator of Sailor Moon uh got really mad that uh Sailor Mars and Sailor uh Moon weren't together in it and made Revolutionary Girl Utna. That's okay. basically all you need to know. Okay. Okay, uh, I would say for me, uh, I th think I'm a dualist, I think, usually. Yeah, uh, am, am I the Utna or the Anthe in the relationship? I think I'm the Utna. So yeah, I think I'm the dualist in, uh, in this case. Uh, and I think Sarah would draw, I would, from Sarah, I would be able to draw forth a... Oh... I think it would be a rapier. I think it would be small and elegant, and uh, uh, and probably and yet, thinking of a small sword. Rapiers are not small at all. Uh, sorry, I, I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm uh, going to be a pedant about is, swords. Sorry, yes, epe is what I'm thinking of. Sorry, uh, yeah. but yes, uh, elegant, smaller blade, yet very reliable. Okay, um, that's cute. Really, <laughs> actually. <laughs> That's that really cute. I, I, f I feel bad about my answer being so dismissive now. I, I was gonna say I'd probably be a duelist. Um, and uh, what does uh, what does uh, um, Mr. Hema provide for you? Um, it would probably either be a two-handed weapon. Uh, oh, please tell me he provides a big <laughs> fuck-off greatsword. <laughs> probably, honestly, because I'm I'm the more confrontational one. Um, so. Yeah, I got a lot of spitfire in me sometimes. So <laughs> I think that would be it. He'd be like, here you go. I'd be like, yeah, let's fucking go. <laughs> All right. Draku, are you the duelist or are you a Rose Bride? Um, in the relationship with my wife, it is absolutely the case that I would have to be the duelist in that. Okay. <laughs> um, though she might get mad to hear that. Um, <laughs> but... I can absolutely see a kind of thorned, a whip blade type ah, thing with yeah. roses on it. I think Ooh. that it doesn't need to be practical. It needs to be aesthetically magnificent. And That's what's important. I love it. So like, like maybe like a, a, a chain whip sword sort of thing? With thorns and rose motifs. Yes. I yes. love that. Can I have rose motifs? I love roses. Yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Revolutionary Girl Utna. Don't worry. There's plenty of roses. Oh, my God. Yay. Okay. You two need to see Revolutionary Girl Utna, you young people, and you're not watching classic anime. I'm uh, still thinking of um, Soul Eater, so, you know. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this is like Soul Eater, but way gayer. I'm just, I'm just you know, outing myself age-wise. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Uh, and also, the ending of it's really weird. Oh, God. Both times. In both the movie and the anime, the endings are completely different, but no less weird. All okay. right. So, uh, per, per, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. 
I uh, say uh, Purple Rose. That is uh, your answer. You've got uh, three duelists on the show, uh, but each with a different sword drawn from their rose bride. Uh, our next. Go ahead. I was going to ask if I could ask this question. <laughs> oh, lay it on us. Um, so our next question from our uh, listeners is um, pants. Whoa! What? A, uh, does, that's it. <laughs> it just says, just says. I pants. think <laughs> I think I have a very clear answer, a very uh, precise right. answer to this. Okay. Uh, I live somewhere where it's cold frequently. Yeah, pants. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say no. I'm usually I don't have pants on. I'm usually gonna dress. So no pants. No. Yeah, I'll, I'll say uh, at <laughs> one time pants always. Nowadays. Unless it's like jammy pants, uh, almost never, uh, if I can avoid it, because I much prefer skirts and I much prefer dresses. Pockets, Pockets too powerful, pants too warm, oh, need heat, cold. I'm Yo, I got a new uh, skirt that I wore when I was down on my honeymoon, and it's got deep pockets in it, and I love it. I was going to say, hey. almost all the dresses I wear have pockets. Oh, yeah. I... Listen, the patriarchy <laughs> may be strong, but we're getting there. <laughs> We're getting pockets. Even if I wear brompers, they have pockets. <laughs> Something about the delivery of we're getting pockets. <laughs> Listen. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever compliment a lady on her dress, watch how excited she oh. gets when she goes, oh, it has pockets. Serena. That's it. Oh. Serena, I felt like I like I had finally transitioned. I felt like I was there because <laughs> when I was down on my honeymoon, someone complimented my skirt, and I went, "Thanks, it has pockets." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, I am the meme." You are. That's perfect. I love that for you. Oh, it's so good. All right, uh, I'd like to ask if there is any etiquette when it comes to role playing, in particular ERP, as a character of a different sex than your own. I hope the question makes sense and that I can remain anonymous on air. Well, you absolutely can because uh, Darling didn't put your name on here, so uh, I don't think you have to worry about that. Um, okay. I Let me start with this. Jiraku, Serena, how frequently do you two role play as a character that is not your birth sex? Mm -hmm. I have three. Three? Uh, uh -huh. My ratio is about 70-30 not mine. Okay, great. So we all have a little experience, at least, or in my case, almost exclusively. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, is there any etiquette that you can think of uh, for it? I've, obviously, if you are... I'm going to try to be as delicate about this as I possibly can. Okay. If you're a man, uh, or, you know, assigned male at birth, and you are role-playing a female character because you just feel like it you know just that's what you feel like today and you're doing so with someone who is a woman have a degree of respect for their body uh you know it is not the body that you possess and it is uh having a you should have a degree of respect and understanding that you are currently role-playing with somebody who actually lives the experience of having the body that you are, in some cases, especially in ERP, actively defiling. Uh, so I'm not saying there's like a great deal of like decorum or etiquette that needs to be had, but what I am saying is have a degree of respect for what you are role-playing. And that, by the way, holds true across almost 
anything that you role play as have a degree of respect for the source material as it were i have a much more direct and blunt way to say Please. what i what i feel about this um I, hi i'm draku uh i get i i accept people's money in exchange for writing porn you do that yes you do, do that <laughs> I, yes. I, I i do this uh i would not be able to do this if I did not understand at all certain aspects of how the body works. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. It is, it is not difficult to look up and find out certain things. Just Google myths. Just look up fucking top 10 blah, blah, blah myths. Top 10 blah, blah, blah. You'll find good shit out there. I promise you. I promise that you will find out things. And if you're writing something or you're reading something and you're like, this would be an adojin, it's probably not going to work. Yeah, mm -hmm. it probably would not work in real life. Um, I understand being embarrassed about wanting to look these things up. Yes, I was 16 at one point. Yeah. Um, but my point is it's way better to find that out on your own, doing your research figuring things out then then having your partner go what someone, the fuck when someone laughs at you yeah uh yeah i think uh it is worth taking some time to look over uh a quick take do a couple quick anatomy lessons for yourself and uh uh take a moment to understand which kinks you're into are realistic and which ones are not and that isn't to say you can't enjoy an unrealistic kink it doesn't have to be grounded in reality for it to you know turn you on but <laughs> <laughs> oh, i'm so I sick Draco, i feel like at some point someone put an egg inside you and you weren't happy about it <laughs> i you go back to that one a lot I had recurring nightmares for a couple of years. You saw Alien and it fucked you up. Uh, it wasn't Alien. Uh, you know those toads that they carry the eggs around in their back? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I saw a video of that and it fucked me up. And I don't know why, but I know that it did. So Dr I had nightmares Dr that's it hatching out of my skin for like 10 years straight. Draco, that's... That that's not over position. I know, but it's too close. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I was it's like, I have, a, I have a friend who has been propositioned with that. Oh, my. Yeah, and they were like, no, thank you, but thank <laughs> you for pass. the offer. <laughs> no, thank you. You know, um, in, uh, in Final Fantasy uh, 11, there was uh, an auto-translate uh, that was, thanks for the offer, but I'll have to pass. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one, that springs to mind. <laughs> Uh, which again, I'm going to, I'm going to put this out there right now. We do not kink shame on this show. Oh, that God, is a hundred percent a truth. If that, if opposition is your thing, uh, listen, yours truly has done an overposition scene or four. Uh, so don't <laughs> worry. You, you have allies where you least expect them. Uh, but yeah, to no, be, be we clear, don't kink shame on the show ever. Jokes aside. I don't judge you either. I just personally had nightmares. Yeah. And like. I, I don't want it near me. I don't want to be near it. But if you do, that's good for you. You guys can do that together without me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you'll have way more fun because I won't be there. My, 
my thing is, listen, might not be my thing, but if it's yours, have at it. As long as you're not hurting anyone or you're not pushing any boundaries. As long as there's consent. As long as there's consent, have at it. you're not hurting anyone out of character. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You can hurt people in character all you want as long as it's part of the scene and it's consensual. And that's what they wanted, you know? Precisely. Uh, But yeah, in, in final answer to your question... Do have a degree of respect for whoever you are uh, role playing as. I, um, it's one of the reasons. Like, I have always wanted to do a, um, to play a mute character. It is something that I have always wanted to do. I found I find uh, the idea of playing uh, or or writing a mute character fascinating. But I'm not doing so until I finish. Uh, until I go and actually learn how to do sign language and understand a little bit about the uh, the mute community. Uh, because I I want to have a degree of respect for what living that lifestyle or what living that life is about, and yeah, that's I think so. Now there is another aspect of that question that I'm going to address as a trans woman. Early on in my exploration, uh, Callie was very much my first time getting to experience what being a woman might be like. And I had, as someone who grew up mostly in, you know, surrounded by males and mostly, you know, having those kinds of expectations put on me, I grew up with a lot of misconceptions about what femininity was and, you know, how to present. And in that instance, I think it is important that much like a young girl experimenting with makeup and experimenting with fashion and learning, you know, what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. There was some times where I probably did some things that were really disrespectful, uh, towards the female body as I tried to grip and understand where I was at with myself and process some really uncomfortable and difficult emotions. Uh, the nice thing about online role play is it can provide a vessel for doing exactly that. Uh, if that is in particular what you're experiencing and going through, my answer does change a little bit based on that, which is to say, learn, experiment, try things. And ultimately in time, you're going to get to that proper um, portrayal of being a woman as you literally learn what does and doesn't work and what is and isn't real. And you'll get there. It's just make sure you're doing so in a safe space with a partner who respects that that's what you're doing. Don't put that on random people. Okay. Definitely. That's all I'd say about that. Um, So let's go to next one. Oh, Uh, this one's very relevant to what we just answered. Oh, it sure is. Yeah, you're right. Go ahead and read it, Jarka. <clears throat> I have been curious about how to keep yourself safe in an RP space. Like, yes, certainly you could set boundaries and expectations, but in an organic RP environment, it does not always work out like that. And Square Enix does a poor job of letting one block people, etc. Uh, first of all, yes, they do. That's 100% a fact. A fact. Be better, Square Enix. Yeah. Um, I have had very awkward, unpleasant, and terrible RP experiences, uh, to the point that I actually, for the first two years that I played FF14 and role-played in FF14, 
uh, I was of the very strong impression that the entire community was garbage because I am used to, I had done a lot with World of Darkness before. And let me tell you, uh, the World of Darkness community is garbage. <laughs> all, of, all of it. It's oh, horrible. The I was whole actually, thing. I'm actually talking about doing my first World of Darkness game, so now I'm, I'm terrified. <laughs> um, how can I put this? You know how R slash FF14, if that was your entire experience of the Final Fantasy XIV community, you probably would not have a high opinion of the Final Fantasy XIV community. That's a fact. Okay, so with everything White Wolf, um, everything is that. Oh, great. All awesome. of the places you would go, all of the Reddits and the Facebooks so, and so the forums and everything they're all unpleasant so basically just play the game with my group and don't interact with anyone else about it ever correct got it unless you already know those people otherwise don't go out like you know i like vampire the masquerade i'm gonna go join a vampire the masquerade community don't do bad decision got it uh that's completely irrelevant to what they were asking sorry i went off on that tangent (laughs) no it's no problem (laughs) if i um Basically, I was of the mistaken impression that the entire FF14 community is garbage because I had had like four horrible experiences in a row whenever I left the tiny little circle of people I was in. Um, And what I can tell you is that the best way to keep yourself safe in a public RFP space, I think I assume that's what you're asking about. I where it's like so, you're yeah. going you're going out to like the quicksand or you're going to right. a public event or things like that. My personal recommendation, I understand this isn't going to work for everyone. Make a fucking alt that you have low investment in. Yes. An alt that you're like, if this goes really badly, oh, well, it's just this character. Yeah. And if you're having a day where you're like, I don't, I kind of want to RP, but I'm not, I'm not sure I'm going to do that great. Or I'm kind of nervous about it. Or. I'm going to go to this public event I've never been to before. I have no idea what the people there are going to be like. There's your alt. Go play it. Go play that character. That's the one that you play when you go there. And that can be the one that you scope everything out on. And if it goes badly, oh, well, no one needs to know that that alt was yours. Mm-hmm. No one needs to know. And if it goes really bad, you don't have the same level of investment in this character so, you know, absolute worst case scenario, you can just re-roll things. No one's going to notice. No one's going to remember. It's fine. Now, if you find yourself in the unenviable position of someone, for whatever reason, has super mad beef with you personally and is going out of their way to do everything they can to fuck over you personally, uh, first, know that it's not necessarily your fault. I have a very good friend who has been just completely fucked over by like five people that just want to see them destroyed for absolutely no rational reason jesus uh, yeah it's it's wonderful um but also as far as dealing with that um Skranix's moderation is subpar but i do recommend still interacting with it i do recommend still giving it a go because eventually they will pull their heads out of their asses if it's yeah. there long enough. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, here's what sucks. 
Square Enix's uh, you, uh, way of handling blocking people in this game leaves a lot to be desired. My, as far as blacklisting, you mean? Yeah, as far as blacklisting uh, goes. My abuser is still... I don't know if they're active in the game because I have them blocked. However, last I knew, they were on the same server as me. And theoretically, if they are still playing, they could just log in see where I am, and pop their eternal bonding ring to warp right to me. Oh! What? Because you, when I, I had Callie go through and do the divorce to get and drop her ring and get rid of it, but they still have theirs, and it still works. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not perfect. Uh, the, the block system in this game is um, bad. To that end, that not uh, to be clear, that has not happened to me. I have not spoken with my abuser in many years, so that mm-hmm. is good. Um, however, to that point, this isn't right. What I'm about to say, it shouldn't be this way, but it is, and this is the best piece of advice I can give you. You, at the end of the day, are going to have to be responsible for removing yourself from a bad situation. If you are in a public role play event and someone is there making you feel uncomfortable, someone is there who you've blocked, who is being uh, who has been terrible to you and is still trying to, you know, stalk you or, 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 or put themselves in your life in some way that you are not welcoming. You need to be willing to bring up the menu, teleport, and leave. Because it shouldn't be this way. There should be better systems to keep people from interacting with you in that way, but there aren't. So until there are, please do your mental health a favor and step away from people whom ruin the game for you. It is the best piece of advice that I can give you. Here's the good news. I promise you there are more communities out there. There are so many role-play communities out there, especially if you're on Crystal. They're everywhere. Literally everywhere. You'll trip over them. Literal Uh, hundreds. Yes. So I promise you, you will find uh, another group. If this is a group uh, that you are particularly close to, well, then have a conversation with that group and say, hey, this person is no bueno, and you can work that out with them. They either will take that very seriously and make clear to the person that they're not welcome and will ignore them, or they won't take it very seriously, in which case, actually, it is time for you to go find a new <laughs> new group because that's yeah. not right. So you should never have to be associating with people you're not, you're uncomfortable with or you don't want to be around. And the unfortunate truth of the matter is and until until there's a better blacklist system in this game, it is on you to make sure that you're doing your mental health a favor and stepping away from those people. And just general survival advice for you in RP. That's a melodramatic way to refer to it, but I'm going to use the melodrama because I love melodrama. Um, RPing in Slash Party is a fantastic thing to do. I highly recommend it. In public, doesn't matter. If you... For what if your conversation does not need to be public, you can go into slash party with whoever you're talking to. And let me tell you, makes a world of difference in a whole lot of ways for a whole lot of different things. Mm-hmm. That is true. Highly uh, recommend. Yeah, I, I will say this. I have not role played uh well, except in very specific circumstances with very specific people in very specific places. I typically do not roleplay Callie in slash say anymore or in slash EM. It's almost always in party chat. Or if you're real special, you might get into a a, a, a very small link shell that we 
uh, do scenes in. Like, you know what I mean? It might be something like that. They give you access to like nine link shells in this game. Use them. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And don't uh, send it to the wrong link shell because I've definitely done that too. (laughs) Ah, classic MT. One thing I also really, really like about Slash Party is you can turn on notification sounds for it. Mm-hmm. And if you're like me and you have attention issues, uh, having a really big, loud noise go, hey, motherfucker, there's been a message. Uh, very helpful. Yes. Yeah, I have mindset to that as well as as well as my emotes. For Danger bongos. Yeah, well, for friends who might see me, they have to emote me and I'm not, I'm tabbed out or something. Like that. I'm like, who is it? Let me dote you back. <laughs> so... All right, last question. What are three things that you want people not in the ERP slash RP community to know about the community? Uh, so three things. I guess we each get to do one then? No, we should do three apiece. Come on. I, I, no, They're going to be the same thing. I was say, I don't know when we have nine think... in us. <laughs> I uh, do. Oh, oh well. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet you do. All right. <laughs> I'll go last then. What I'll are their names? mine down while you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right i'll i'll go first then um i think actually this is a good way just to follow up on on the kind of the points i've been making on the last two questions that we've had uh the rp and erp community gets a really bad rap for being a bunch of fucking degenerates which while yes we are a bunch of fucking degenerates to be clear uh it is also despite what I just had to say in the last question, it is, in general, such a welcoming and amazing place where you can learn so much about yourself and who you are, and not just in the erotic sense, not just talking about you know kink and stuff like that, but I tell people all the time when I talk about tabletop and when I talk about Dungeons & Dragons, it is so important that you examine what you write for your characters because you will get so much insight into you yourself as a person by what you write for your characters because it is the nature of humanity that we write about what we know. We write about what we experience. So look back at what you write for your characters, at what they're experiencing and what they're going through. And I guarantee you, if you examine it critically, you will find a lot of parallels to some of the things that you're feeling in your life. I'll tell you, I just wrote a, a piece the other night. Uh, uh, Serena, I was telling you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, about one of my characters. She is uh, a trans girl who uh, met her warlock patron who transformed her into the most gorgeous succubus in existence. Effectively, she's a tiefling now. Oh. And the story that I wrote uh, was about the kind of other shoe dropping with her patron uh, who says, if you don't keep bringing me souls, I'm going to turn you back into what you were before you came here and i'll throw you to the wayside and you know it doesn't take a whole lot of time to start realizing that maybe that character who is terrified of losing everything that they have uh, or, or as much of their transition as they've gotten through might be somewhat related to the state of the United States right now with all the shit going on with anti-trans bills and mm-hmm. threatening things like informed consent. Like maybe some of my fear with that made it into my writing. It, it never fails. If you critically look at the stuff you're writing, you will find parallels to what you're going through in your life, whether you intended them or not. And that's one thing I'd love people to know about the ERP and RP community is it is such a great tool for self-discovery, not just in the kink sense, for sure in the kink sense, but not just in the kink sense, but also just for who you are. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good answer. It's a really yeah. good answer. All right. Hell yeah. Um, Draku? <laughs> I think Draku is going to go last, but um, my brain of my, I did it again. My train of thought is really funky right now. So Brainy, you got um, that sick brain going on. I, I really do. <laughs> and my voice has just gotten hoarse or, or more gravelly as we've gone on talking. I know. Um, <laughs> so that's all right though. Three things um, that you want people not in the community to know. Um, not everyone's nasty as people want to put it out there. Not everyone's a fucking degenerate, right? <laughs> Not everyone's a fucking degenerate. There are really, you can make some long lasting friendships in the community um, <clears throat> that are there and supportive. And honestly, some of my lifetime friends now, people that are going to be part of my wedding, I met through that because we've just bonded afterwards. So go into it with a more open mind. Don't think that, oh, they're always going to be wanting nasty, degenerate things. They're not. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> True. Um, another thing. Um, you only have, you only have to do one if you have oh, more. That's God. fine, but you only have was, to do one. Okay, I was gonna say the other thing is communicate, just like what we've been talking about all. all I mean, that's so true, Serena. Your voice is dying. I'm <laughs> so voice sorry. Is, it's okay. I, I promise we're right at the end. <laughs> all right, Jiraku, what do you got? Uh, Serena, don't talk anymore. <laughs> no, don't make me be quiet. Your your voice is a collapsing building into a fissure that has opened in response to a terrible crime that has offended God. Oh was my it? Gosh. I was gonna I was gonna say something nasty. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> continue. Okay. Uh, thank you for sending this question in, and thank you all of you for sending all of your questions in. But, yes, uh, and if you're my, out there listening and you'd like to send us questions. Please do. We will do more mailbag segments in the future. I'll sing I, for you again. <laughs> this is this is one of my. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just picturing the gravelly voice. Just trying. <laughs> okay, I'm good. I'm good. One something you got this? we want people not in the ERP or RP community to know about ERP and RP community. Right. I think personally that as a community, we are, there is this perception that I get from listening to people talk on podcasts, from seeing people post publicly, seeing all kinds of stuff like this. There's this perception that's very negative of the RP community. Excuse me. Sorry. And what I really want to get across, what I would love all of these people to know, is that this is genuinely an incredibly supportive community. This is a community that I've seen have one another's back for a really long time, and over and over and over, in all kinds of things, through all kinds of different problems. And it's like there's almost this kind of hive mind effect of kindness in this community and you see it reflected in so many different ways i mean the um oh what was it that we raised money for um a couple of years ago there was a big charity thing that ended up raising something like twenty thousand dollars um that a lot like my little segment of that was a lot of the rp community got involved in that and we raised a bunch of money as a part of that um, 
And I mean, I had a friend who lost his apartment, his job and his girlfriend in the same two days. Um, and I was able to raise up enough money to help him get through that um, because of how supportive this community can be. And I really do believe from the bottom of my heart that at the end of the day, yeah, there's a lot of degeneracy here. There's a lot of not, but there is. Um, th there's a lot of creative passion here, and there's a lot of heart in this community. We care, and it's really hard to write creatively if you don't care deeply. Even people who act or say or think that they don't really care that much about anything, if you're role-playing, you probably care about something. You have to care to write worth a damn even if you don't think of it as that. And I just I just really wish people outside the community knew as a whole, like all of them understood the beauty that there is in that. It's so true. I'm going to come off my soapbox now. No, no, <laughs> it's it very good. Well said. Oh, yeah, very well said. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, there are a lot of great things about the, the, the ERP and RP communities out there. And yes, there is a lot of degeneracy, but you know what? Eventually you just kind of go with it and it's fun. Or maybe that's exactly what you're looking for because it can be fun to just immerse yourself into the, uh, degeneracy pool. It's very sticky, but you get <laughs> used to it. All right. That's going to be it for this episode of the Warriors of Lust podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciated having you along. Uh, make sure that you follow us on social media. That's uh, on Twitter at W-O-L-Cast, X-I-V. Uh, you'll get all the latest uh, from Darling, who is our social media submissive and uh, who handles uh, so many of those things on there. Big shout out to her and thanks to her. Uh, make sure you check out uh, uh, streamlabs.com slash Escalia. That's E-S-K-A-L-I-A slash merch, uh, where you can find some Warriors of Lust merch. Uh, we got tank tops and uh, uh, some stickers, and we've got tote bags and all kinds of cool stuff for the Warriors of Lust podcast for you to check out and get a hold of uh, and wear with pride, of course. They're really nice. They are really nice. Uh, and yeah, uh, Serena, Jiraku, where can everyone find you? I take writing commissions. It's been a been, been a little bit slow with that lately. Uh, my preferred works are comedy and erotica, but I can write all sorts of things, and especially um, you can, comedy erotica. Oh, oh, it's my favorite. <laughs> Unironically, uh, if you are interested in getting in touch with me, you can communicate with me over Discord. My Discord is uh, 24 characters, number 2535. That's, That's 24 as the two for the digits. Yes, two four characters. Uh, Serena, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at that purple, uh, well, just purple goth Zayla. Um, and you can also find me on Twitch at Karen Rose. Um, I have stream weekly, so and that's K Y R A N R R O Z E. Yes, yes. So make sure you uh, uh, find Serena on uh, both Twitter and Twitch. You can find me on Twitter at Escalia E S K A L I 
A. If you see the thirsty looking kitty girl, you found the right spot. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Ascalia. We stream Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Uh, and we also play D&D on Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays, so you won't want to miss those. We've got three different campaigns going on right now. Three different stories, three different DMs, uh, and uh, each of them are really proving to be a lot of fun, so I recommend you check those out. Uh, again, that's Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and you can also find all of us in the Layer of the Escasuals Discord server. You can find a link to it at our Twitter. Uh, we have a special channel just for war Warriors of Lust uh, people, warrior, uh, the Lusty Legion, as we have affectionately dubbed you. Uh, if you want to <laughs> hop in there, you can chat with us. We'll always answer questions if uh, any of them come up. If you don't want it on the mailbag segment, you can just ask us right in there, and we'll just answer it there for you. Uh, but yeah, until uh, next time, uh, make sure you tell a friend about the show. We'd like to get our numbers up right here as we're getting towards the end of the first season. We've only got two more episodes after this one. We only got episode 11 and 12 left in the first season before we got to start figuring out if there's going to be a season two and what it's going to look like. So if you want a season two, I cannot emphasize this enough. If, if a season two is something you desire, something you crave, now is the time to start letting us know and let and and make your make your demands heard. You can and you can yell at us on Twitter. You can hit hop into the Discord and let us know. Anywhere you can find us, you're welcome to come tell us that you want more of the Warriors of Lust podcast. And if you really want more of the Warriors of Lust podcast, make your way on over to Patreon.com/slash/Escalia. All financial support there uh, goes towards uh, keeping you know. Uh, my power on and also towards supporting future episodes of the Warriors of Lust podcast. So you can check that out at patreon.com slash Escalia, E-S-K-A-L-I-A. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you, Serena, even though your throat is utterly <laughs> demolished. Appreciate you being here. I'm going to have a talk with Mr. Serena here. Gonna... <laughs> it's also because I streamed. So I mean, yeah, that probably didn't help. <laughs> uh, and a big thank you to Jiraku. Thank you, as always, Mr. Drake, for being here. And a big thank you to Darling for getting our mailbag questions together. Make sure you follow us on Twitter so you can talk to Darling. She is a sweetheart, and uh, she needs uh, she needs more degenerate people to talk to because she is, well, she a whore. I don't know how <laughs> else to say it. <laughs> Go give her love and affection. She deserves it. She does. She absolutely she does. works really hard. Yeah. She does work real hard. Yes, that is that is a that is an accurate statement. So uh yes, until next episode. Thank you all for being here. We hope you all have a wonderful tonight, a safe tomorrow, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Night night. Good night. Bye-bye. I could fall asleep to Jiraku telling me goodnight every night. Me too. <laughs>The Warriors of Lust podcast is part of the Limit Break Radio Network and created by the support of its listeners, including patrons like Claret Corin. Views and opinions expressed in this show are solely those of Callie Page, Serena Hima, and Jiraku Drake, and are in no way affiliated with Square Enix. Opening and closing themes provided by Karai Karomu. Check them out on Twitter at Karai Karomu. If you want to support the Warriors of Us podcast, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash and make sure to follow us on Twitter at wolcastxiv. Why did we let her read that? 
<laughs> because we're assholes. <laughs>